This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. If you have a Bible today, turn to uh, John chapter 6. We're not going to put that scripture up yet, but just turn to John chapter 6 today. Uh, you need to know here at Nova that we are Jesus people. You're going to learn that pretty quick, that we're Jesus people. Uh, We love Jesus. We sing about Jesus. This Jesus is who we sing about. And uh, we're passionate about getting to know Jesus, knowing about Jesus, know who he is, his plan for our life. And today we're launching a new series uh, that uh, I'm excited about. In the book of John, uh, seven times Jesus steps out and he says, I am, and then he declares something about himself. Seven different times he steps out into a crowd and says, I am, and then he unpacks something about his divinity, about his life and his plan. And what's interesting is in Exodus chapter 3 in the Old Testament, if you know your Bible, maybe you grew up in church, maybe you've seen the movies and Moses, and when he was called to go free uh, God's people who were slaves, he ran into God and God called him to go be a hero, to be a deliverer, and to really start this, this launch of God's people uh, into their own place and free them from slavery. And Moses said, who's sending me? Who can I tell them is sending me when I go and declare that they're going to be free? And God said, just say, I am. Jesus here in John is picking it up from that, and now he's unpacking it even further for us. And when Jesus, in that culture and that time, said, I am, every Jewish person knew what he just said. Is He, he declared his divinity. He's like, I'm God. Because you didn't use those terms. It was, a, it was a holy term for God. And when he said, I am, everybody looked at him. And then he unpacked it. For the next few weeks, we're going to launch this series called Seven. The seven statements of Jesus, when he unpacked I am in seven different times, and every one has truth for your life and my life that we can build around. As Jesus people, we are passionate about who Jesus is, and we want to be more in love with him, more like him. Our goal is to love like him, think like him, uh, be like him, so we can be the Jesus he needs us to be in our city. Can someone say amen? That Jesus' life will get up inside of us, and we can make a difference today. I'm going to start reading today's passage, John chapter 6. I'm going to start reading in verse 22. little context, Jesus is now in ministry. He had just preached to 5,000 men. Scholars say there would have been another between five and 7,000 women and, and children. So about 10 to 15,000 people Jesus has preached to. Uh, he did this miracle where he multiplied bread and, and fish, really um, snackables, you know, a kid's lunch. Uh, a Subway sandwich, turned it from the six inch to something that was going to feed the whole, the whole crowd. And he made this miracle, and he fed 5,000 men and then women and children. And then it says that his disciples got into a boat, and then they went to the other side, and the people were so hungry and so amazed that they got in boats and followed Jesus and the disciples to the other side. And we pick it up here in verse 22 of John chapter 6. You see it on the screen behind me. It says, The next day the crowd had stayed on the far shore, and saw the disciples had taken the only boat, and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. If you read the passage earlier, he actually walked on water. This whole miracle happened. It says, several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread, the snackables, and the people had eaten. Uh, So when the crowd saw neither Jesus nor the disciples were there, they got in boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. They're like cats. Once you feed them, you can't get rid of them. Verse 25, they found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, you want 
to be with me because I fed you, not because you understand the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned with perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you, for God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Oh, this is so simple. This is our faith today. Believe in the one he has sent. They answered, show us a miraculous sign. Do something for us. If you want us to believe in you, I like this verse right here. What can you do? Jesus, what can you do for us? Do something. Perform. Dance, monkey, dance. Do something. Perform for us. After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us this bread every day. This is I am. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Will never be thirsty. Today, for the next few minutes, they're allotted to me. I want to talk on this, this title today. If you're writing notes, I encourage you to write this down. I am bread. If you don't like that title, you can put down carbs are from heaven. Olive Garden bread, come on, somebody. You just eat that all day long. Whatever title works for you. I am bread, carbs are from heaven, come on. Bread from Jesus, come on. Fill up on the bread bowl, somebody. Uh, I am bread. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Jesus, we love you. We're so glad that you have a plan, that you forgave us, you're helping us, you're launching us into our purpose. Father, we thank you that you brought people here today, God. People that are on top of the world and others feel like the world is collapsing in on them. We thank you, God, that you're the God of all of us. We're praying these next few minutes that as we uh, want to unpack this, that Jesus, you would speak to us. Not just information, not just, not just uh, spending time, but we really want to know you more. I pray you'd help us today. Help me unpack this scripture. Help us process this that fits into our Monday and Friday and Saturdays, not just our Sundays. God, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing. And again, Lord, all the mosquitoes, send them to Mon- Moncton. In the name of Jesus Christ, and everybody said... I got a text last week from a pastor in Moncton showing me pictures of flurries. And he texted me, he said, tell your church to stop praying for snow. I said, we stopped. We're now praying for mosquitoes. <laughs> so we're going to keep praying. Uh, what's the hungriest you've ever been? <laughs> right now, you know. Once you mentioned Olive Garden, I'm starving. My son, he's 15, and it seems like he's always saying he's starving. He'll get a bowl of fishy crackers. I mean, like a chip bowl of fishy crackers. He comes out at 10 o'clock, I'm starving. How many know when the dishes are done, the kitchen is closed? And like, Nancy's like, go grab a Cliff Bar or a granola bar. He's like, I'm starving. I don't remember being like that. I guess I was, but I don't remember being at that stage where I was always hungry. I do remember the hungriest I ever was. There was a summer in my early 20s. I was working with World Vision and the Peace Corps and missions in living in Nairobi, Kenya. And I was living there for three months between there and with the Maasai tribes in, in Narok and, and, and all these other places. And I remember, forget, we, we, we stayed in this orphanage in this, in this slum in Nairobi. And it was uh, some of the most amazing people, but some of the worst conditions I had ever seen. 
And the head of staying at this orphanage, and this orphanage had about 50 or 60 people run by a guy named George Odongo. And we lived with them. And there was no Holiday Inn. There was no hotel. We lived like they lived. We were locals. And I remember they, me and my friend, they had us in a tool shed. That's the only room they had in this orphanage was a tool shed. You could see the stars at night through the cracks in the, in the ceiling. And there was dust everywhere. And we were there at this point a couple weeks and we had started uh, helping out in the kitchen, feeding these orphans. And they had made uh, ugali, which if you anybody know ugali, you know ugali, right? Just, that stuff is awful, but it'll, it'll pack the weight on it. It's like, it'll stick to your ribs. And eating ugali, which is like, uh, it looks like mashed potatoes, but it don't taste like it. And, and, and then we had cabbage soup and all this stuff. And I never forget being in the kitchen, and we're scraping the bowl, and there's more kids coming. And you feed the kids, and you're scraping the bowl, and then there was nothing left. And... I remember as a, as a leaders, we would try to feed our team. And then this, this happened to be these two days, there wasn't enough food. And it went two days where me and the assistant team leader ended up fasting, not because we wanted to, just there was no food. We didn't think much of it. We were 22, thinking God's helping us. This is awesome. Persecutions for Jesus this is awesome. And I need to lose a little weight. And we're just serving and working. And by the second night, I found myself laying in bed and I was starving. I was hungry. I'm like, I've never been this hungry. And I'm talking to my buddy Joe. I'm like, I'm starving. He's like, I'm so hungry, man. When you're hungry, you start dreaming about food, right? All of a sudden, I remembered from Canada, they had asked us to bring some stuff with us. And for some reason, this local missionary loved Canadian craft peanut butter. He said, can you bring a big jar of peanut butter? I'm like, okay. So we brought this peanut butter. I mean, this big Costco-sized jar of peanut butter. I remembered where that was in the orphanage. Two in the morning, I sneak downstairs, and I find this big jar of peanut butter. I take it back out to the tool shed, and I'm sitting there laying in my sleeping bag, scooping it by my hand, just eating peanut butter. I'm not proud of this moment of my life. I do not look good in this story. I'm just sitting there eating peanut butter, smearing all over my face. Ah, ah, it was so good. I hadn't thought it through, though, because all of a sudden, I got thirsty. Come on. I ate a half a jar of peanut butter. I got peanut butter everywhere. My mouth is now closed. I'm like, this is awesome, right? Me and Joe are just full of peanut butter. And now I realize we got no water. Can't drink the water from the tap. I got no, now I'm thirsty. I'd never been so hungry. And now I'd never been so thirsty. And then, this is a glimpse of my teen and 20s. Uh, I had brought hairspray from Canada in one of those pump action Alberto mists. Because if you're going to be on the mission field, you got to look good. A week in, I ran out of hairspray and I had filled it with water. I found that hairspray bottle. I'm laying in my sleeping bag with, with peanut butter paste all over my mouth. <laughs> Not my proudest moment, people. Not my proudest moment. Hunger. Hunger is a real thing, isn't it? Hunger is a real thing. It's interesting in this passage today that we want to unpack for the next few minutes is Jesus was doing some show and tell about hunger. Hunger is a powerful thing in our life. He had a hungry mob following him. He had fed them. And now they were chasing him because he had fed them. Their hunger was motivating them. The disciples were seeing firsthand the power that hunger had over people. Hunger is a fascinating thing. It's a motivator. Jesus here was, was, was talking and, and realizing that hunger is a big thing in our lives, and Jesus knew it. I realized, hey, that hunger drives our lives. Do you know that? Some of us, it's hunger for food. But others, it's more complicated than that. It's hunger for validation. We don't post because we want to share what our life is. We want validation, and we want as many likes. If we don't like it, we'll remove those posts. And maybe it's validation that is the hunger that drives you. Maybe it's, 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 it's sex in your life, your sex drive. It is the, is the hunger in your life that drives your decisions and bad decisions and your, your motives and your relationships. Maybe it's fame. Maybe it's money. 
Maybe it's success. Maybe it's um, a chance to, to, for attention. I'm not sure what it is, but there's hungers in our lives that drive us to the actions we take. Jesus here was doing show and tell. He's talking about hunger, but he was showing hunger. This crowd of thousands of people were crossing, crossing lakes and seas to get to Jesus because of their hunger for food, their hunger for miracles. Hunger is a powerful thing in our life. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread from heaven. What was Jesus saying in this statement? As Jesus' people, as his church, passionate about him, what was Jesus saying in this statement that he wanted these people to know? And today, thousands of years later, that still resonate and are helpful to us. First thing I think he's saying is that hunger pains are physical and spiritual. There's physical hunger. Some of you are experiencing right now. You're already planning what restaurant you're going to, depending on your budget. It's going to be Boston Pizza or it's going to be a slice from Jesse's, depending on your budget today. But there is a hunger. But there's more than just physical. There's also spiritual. Jesus used the temporary to speak to the eternal. He talked about bread and he fed 5,000 men and women and children. He talked about, he showed the temporal, he showed the, the temporary of bread, but then he spoke to the eternal that was driving them. Hunger is both spiritual and physical. How many times are we motivated by our cravings? Heard this quote years ago that a hungry need is a dangerous need. There's a truth in that, meaning when you're hungry for something, it can be dangerous, depending on what you're craving. It'll make you do things. People lose their mind. People making decisions they would never make in a logical mind. But when you get that craving, you'll step out on this and you'll step in on that and you'll say this and do that. A hungry need is a dangerous need because it'll motivate your mind. You'll find a way to meet that hunger if you're hungry enough. A hungry need is a dangerous need. How many times do our cravings drive us? Their hunger was driving them. I love this in verse 26. Jesus speaks to their motives. He says, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I feed you. Not because of the, you understand what I'm talking, not because of my message, but you, you are only coming after me because I'm feeding you. Jesus speaks to their motives. He's like, you just want to feel good. And then in verse 30, they confirm it. When they reveal their motives, it says this. They said, show us a sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do for us? They said, Jesus, what can you do for me? Here's what I realized, thinking about my life and what Jesus being the bread of life. If we aren't careful, we can miss the spiritual because of the physical. We can go to church and miss Jesus. You can go to church your whole life and not know Jesus. Make no mistake, my friend, I believe in the local church. We are, we are building the local church. But you can go to church your whole life and never have Jesus. You can miss the spiritual because of the physical. These people were chasing the physical and oblivious to the spiritual. Christianity is, is, is tough because it's easy to become self-absorbed. The language we use in church is biblical and there's truth. But if we're not careful, we can pervert it and twist it. Think about it. We come in, this is the only culture I know that is so much about us. We come in going, thank God he forgave my sin. I really need God to help my day. I'm really believing he's got a plan for my future. God, I need you to come into my heart. God, I need you to, to, to develop my calling. What about my giftings? God, where are you going to release me into my purpose? 
And if we're not careful, we can actually miss the spiritual by going after the physical and become self-absorbed. In, in most in culture, if you talk to somebody around the water cooler at work and they're just like, you know, I'm just really, you know, I'm just dealing with my heart and, you know, I'm just trying to deal with, you know, uh, what's going on in my, my, my mind. I really feel like that my calling, people don't talk this way outside of church. My calling, I really feel like there's a calling on my life. I really feel like it's my time. I'm in a season right now. It's, my season's a desert season. Have you ever had that conversation with someone at work? Never. I'm in, a, I'm in a waiting season. I'm in a desert season. What are you talking about? Go out and sell cars. Jimmy, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm in a desert season. I'm in a real harvest season, double blessing on me right now. I'm in a summer season. They're going to look at you like a cow at a new gate going, what are you talking about? I just really believe like God's doing something in my heart, my heart. I'm really concerned about my heart. My heart is wounded. What, what are you talking I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm wounded in my heart. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I just feel really bad about this. And I'm just struggling with, you know, the way I'm, you know, my, my calling's not being recognized. Your calling is to sell cars. Get out there and sell cars. But if we're not careful as a church... We can, this language, I do believe that our sin is forgiven. I do believe God's interested in our today. I do believe he has our future taken care of. I do believe there's a purpose and a calling in our life. I do believe there are seasons in our life, but if we're not careful, we can make it so much about us, we can miss Jesus. We can be so focused on the temporal, on us, we miss the spiritual, what Jesus is saying. He said, I am the bread of life. What a shame to have a full belly and an empty spirit. Think about that. What a shame to have a full belly of purpose. Man, I, I, I preach well today. Man, I just, man, I just, I, I think I got at least four shout outs on Instagram. Gonna repost the one where you can't see my belly, you know? Like, when I don't have a double chin, I got, that's, you know. Like, we can be so full of, yeah, I, I, I got my chance to use my talent. You know, I, I finally met that new. Listen, there are good things. Like, we can start going to church for community. I believe in community. Small groups, sign up. It's important. But we can start going, you know, it's just, this community is more welcoming than the other community. Like, they give you stuff like welcome bags. Like, it's really cool. Like, I really enjoy that. And, man, that kids ministry, which is fantastic, by the way. But we can start making about our preferences on the menu ignoring the bread of life, going, I really like that community for our kids. Like, that's really fun. And, you know, the youth, you know, I don't know if I want to go there because the youth or I want to go there. Or, you know, I, I have a chance to express my, my giftings and where I was didn't really let me get on the stage or they didn't let me get up there. And we can make it so much about our own menu. We can have a full belly and an empty spirit. That's the danger, if I'm honest, the church that we're building here. is we're, That's why we're always preaching about Jesus, about following him, the cross before me, the world behind me. Why? Because if we're not careful, we can go after what feels good instead of what is good. We can have a full belly of relationships and talents and purpose and just the workings of church and have an empty spirit to what God is saying. You can say amen or oh my, depending if you blessed, that blessed you or hurt you today. That's what we're, that's what we're building. We're, we're, we're navigating. Christianity is so inward sometimes. It's about my heart and my passion and my calling. If we're not careful, we can be full of stuff and empty of God. Sometimes when I'm not hungry for God, it's because I'm too full of myself. Hunger drives us. second truth I believe Jesus is saying in this, when he says, I am the bread of life, is God, Jesus saying, God is your source. I had this conversation backstage before we started today. I was like, I'm really sounding old the more I talk. I said, what did we do? I said, I had this moment. I was, I was driving back from the valley last night. I was like, what did we do before the internet to book hotels? 
Like, how do we book hotels in another city before the internet? And no one's like, I don't remember. Travel, like how, like you call them, like how'd you get their number? You're going to London, how'd you book a hotel? I'm, then I remember my father would drive up on vacation to a hotel. Walk in, too expensive. Go down the street to the next one. And then someone goes, that's why they have the no vacancy sign. I'm like, that's why. There was a day you drove up. Now I just, Trivago, you know, that guy's everywhere. I price line. I realize these things. In verse 32, Jesus says he is our source. He's our source. In verse 32, I love this. They said, but, 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 but Moses gave us manna. I love how Jesus corrects them right there. He just stops them. He pulls a Kanye and goes, I'm going to let you finish, but let me just interrupt now. And he says this. He says, in verse 32, he says, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. By the way, my father did. FYI, just stop right there. Moses didn't feed you. My father did. Okay, carry on. I, I read over that a hundred times in my life, and I realized Jesus just, just stopped there. He said, no, 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 Moses did not feed you. Make no mistake, my friend, we're not feeding you today. God feed, God builds the church. If we're not careful, we can go back and go, man, that was good. Man, that ministry's rocking. Oh, my, my part's really a, a big part to play. People are coming because of what we provided. No, 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 God is our source. God feeds. God feeds. All we are as disciples is handed out. But it says, God is your source. What you need to know is they're talking about the Old Testament, about there's this time when Moses, called by the great I am, went to Pharaoh. You've seen the cartoons. You've seen Veggie Tales. You've seen the, you've seen the movies. Charleston Heston, old school. You went in, and he delivered all the slaves. They're now on this journey to a new country, a new place that was promised to them. And they're out in the middle of the desert, and now they're starving. And God made this thing called manna available where every night, manna from heaven, literally bread, this thin bread, this, 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 this bread with no leaven, this flat bread, like pitas from, from heaven. It'd be like shawarmas from heaven. All of a sudden, they'd wake up in the morning and there'd be bread all over the desert. They'd run around and collect it and that would feed them for the day. God was their source. And Jesus, when he said, I am the bread from heaven, it invoked to them the memory that remember our ancestors when God provided every day? He wants you to know that he is your source. But here's what you need to know about manna that Jesus was referring to when he said, I am the bread from heaven. They're like, manna, right, give us more bread. He goes, no, no, remember about manna is this. Number one, it was bread. The second thing you need to know is it kept them alive in a desert place. He said, I'm the bread of life. If they did not have that manna, they wouldn't have lived. Forget the promised land. Forget the calling. If we can't get through today, we ain't going to make it there. Jesus was invoking this picture to say, listen, I'm getting you to heaven. But it's more about getting you to heaven. It's about getting heaven into you. And Jesus is the bread of life, which means today, yes, thank God he forgave our sin. Thank God we, are, we, are, we, are, we have a place in heaven. But he's like, listen, you got to get through Monday and Tuesday and through your teen years and 20s and 30s and 70s and 80s. I am the bread of life that feeds you today. He's the God of daily bread. But here's the other thing about manna. Maybe you don't know this. People got smart in the Old Testament, and in the Israelites, they started going, you know what? We don't know if God's going to provide this much longer. It's been two weeks, but what if it's going to dry up? We don't know. And they started getting baskets and taking extra bread, because it was everywhere, and storing it in their tent. Because they didn't know if they'd wake up if God would still be the provider. And it says when they woke up, read it in, your, in Exodus, when they woke up, the bread overnight had turned to worms. And they couldn't eat it. And what God was saying is, no, no, your organizational skills, your talents, your ability to budget and try to be creative and outsmart me isn't going to work. Listen, you may have gotten it from me, but you can't take it from me. I'm supposed to be your source. And the way God set it up was, I'll give it to you each night. You can have it all day, but you've got to be trusting for me the next day to provide. There was this lifestyle of God, we have no choice but to trust you. 
If you tried to do it on your own, God turned it to worms going, get this out of my tent. Get this out of my life. I need fresh bread every day. Jesus was saying, you just don't get me once. You need me daily. How many times have people got, man, when, when did you start following Jesus? 1974. Never forget, summer was on a Thursday that year in Halifax. It was fantastic. And then they think they have enough for their lifetime, and they're miserable, and they're, they got a full belly and an empty spirit. Jesus is saying, listen, I'm the manna from heaven. And just like God fed every day, you need me every day. You need me every day. I have something for you every day. Today I have something for you, church, on this Sunday morning. He had something for you yesterday. Now, you might not eat during the week, but he has it for you. Sometimes people go, I'm not, that church isn't feeding me. Well, Jesus wants to feed you, number one, every single day. We come here to celebrate and do a buffet, a potluck spiritually together. But how many know you can't live off one meal a week? you got to get fed. Jesus wants to feed you Monday to Friday. He wants to feed you 24-7. He was the manna from heaven. You may have had Jesus yesterday, but you need him again today, and you're going to need him tomorrow. It's a long journey that we're in. He wants to feed you. Third thing you need to know about I am the bread of life is Jesus fills. Jesus provides our deepest needs. And our deepest need is not a relationship with another person. It's not finances. It's not fame. It's not success. It's connection to God. That's our deepest need today. In verse 35, he says this. He says, I am the bread of life. I like what he said there. Not the bread of church. Not the bread of religion. Not the bread of tradition. The bread of life. My friend, if there's anything we can agree on today, we need some life in our marriages. Some life in our kids. Some life in our city. Some life in our politics and our businesses. and life in our churches. I am the bread of life. Not guilt, not shame of life. He always says, get up on the inside. He always brings life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Jesus was saying, I am what your spirit is craving. You need to know today you have a craving inside of you that only Jesus can satisfy. In fact, Jesus likes so much talking about bread. He said in Matthew 4, 4, by the way, people can't live on bread alone. In case you think I'm talking about carbohydrates right now. Man cannot live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He's like, listen, I'm talking about bread, but you got to know, there is a craving inside of you that no salad bar, no donair, no pizza, no carbohydrate, no protein, no, no keto, no non-keto, nothing can help you with except a spiritual connection with Jesus Christ. My friend, he is that God. You can't fill a spiritual hunger with a sandwich. I don't know what the sandwich is for you or for me. Sometimes it's a job. It's a position, it's an item, it's a relationship. And we try to fill a spiritual need with a temporary sandwich. And we wonder why we're frustrated. Man, I I got in that position at that church, and after six months, why do I feel unsatisfied? Because it was never meant to satisfy a spiritual need. Man, I I went and got that job, made 10,000 more. Man, I, I felt like I got the corner office, and then a year in, you're thinking, man, why doesn't it satisfy You marry somebody because they look good on Instagram or you like the way they look and you're thinking, man, that's going to satisfy. And then you're three years in going, why am I having problems being faithful? Why? Because you can't feel a physical, you can't feel a spiritual craving with a physical need. You can't feel a God craving with a sandwich. God has application for your life. God wants to fill you today. We have a hunger. Listen to me today. We have a hunger only Jesus can meet. That's what we've recognized when we've come here. We're not better than anybody else. We're a bunch of imperfect people serving a perfect God. But you know what we came to the realization? Only Jesus can help us. Got that hunger? You ever get that hunger and you just can't, you're like, what am I hungry for? I just can't fix it. I can't, I can't fill it. Like my 15-year-old, he's just not full. 
You know, we got people running through our cities, through our churches, and they wonder why they're still hungry because you're trying to fill a spiritual need with a sandwich. Nothing can meet like Jesus. I've come to the realization, oh, this Jesus, he's the one that fills us. Are you starving today? Are you frustrated today? Is there something going on inside you? Or are you snacking on things that don't satisfy? Man, I do that, don't I? I think that's gonna satisfy, that event, that item, that moment's gonna satisfy. And I'm snacking on things that doesn't quench my hunger. So how do we fill up on this bread of life, Jesus says. How do we fill up on this bread of life? Today you're sitting there going, Mike, I love Jesus. But how do I fill up on this bread of life? Eastside Mario's Olive Garden, they bring up that bread and they say, don't fill up on bread. Why? That's what my wife says to the kids, don't fill up on bread because the meal is coming and we paid a lot of money for that meal. Jesus is saying, fill up on bread, the bread of life. How do you do that? Verse 35. I am the bread of life. Put the screen on me, behind me, Jeremy. It'd be awesome. Verse 35. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Today you're sitting here, you might be new, or maybe you've been in church your whole life. How do you get filled on the bread of life? Number one, you come. It's an invitation to follow. Jesus says, come. Another passage says, whoever, whoever calls on my name. Who's a whoever? Anybody. You're like, you don't know where I've been, pastor. You don't know what I've done. Or maybe like, you know, you, don't, you know the Instagram me, you know the church me, but you don't know the real me. The Bible says whoever you are. Or I grew up in church. My, my dad was a deacon, a pastor. I grew up in church. No, whoever. Just come. It's an invitation to follow. How do you get filled up on the bread of life today, church people? Pastor Mike, how do you get filled up on, on the bread of life today? Jesus says come. So today, again, as I woke up, I had Jesus yesterday. I know I'm going to need him tomorrow, but I need him today. I had my own little worship time this morning before the church started. I said, Jesus need you again. He said, come. It's an invitation to follow. And the second thing he says is believe in me. That's all you got to do. Church, it's all we got to do. Pastor Mike, what are you going to be preaching five years from now? Come to Jesus and believe what he says. Come, follow, and then believe. And what does that mean? It says believe that he is who he says he is, and he'll do what he says he'll do. That's why we're unpacking this series of seven. Why? Because we want to know what to believe is he is who he says he is, and he'll do what he says he do. If I'll come and believe that, something happens in my life, Christian. Natalie, something happens in my life where the cravings that no job, no relationship, no success, no event, no item can fill. Something starts to happen, and I'm never hungry and thirsty again. Why? Because you can't fill a spiritual need with a physical item. Are you hungry today? I want to pray for you today, church. I am the bread of life. The bread of life. Whoever comes to me and believes in me will never be thirsty or hungry again. In a world that's unsatisfied, chasing the next high, the next moment, the next relationship, we can be content and thankful knowing God is with us. And the God that saved us is the God that's with us and the God that will lead us. And each day we can fill up on this manna from heaven, bread of life. All over this place, you just bow your head for a moment. It's our custom in this church to give you an opportunity to start a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you say, I didn't grow up in church. Maybe you came here today because of an invitation. Maybe you just wandered in going, I'm gonna find out what all those flags and signs are about. Today, Jesus is saying, start a relationship with me. Most in this room have done this at some point. Jesus says, who can be saved? Who can can partner with me? Who can I help? He says, whoever believes in their heart 
God, I can forgive them of their sin. I can help them with their life. And who confesses with their mouth. I walk it into a miracle. Today, if you say, Mike, I don't know Jesus, but I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. On a count of three, I want to pray for you. It's not everybody in this room, but there's somebody today. You're like, I don't know Jesus. I need forgiveness for my life. I've been chasing things my whole life. I've been chasing relationships. I've been chasing jobs. I've been chasing status. I've been chasing items. And I'm empty on the inside. You could be 18 or you could be, you could be 80. Today, there's nothing satisfies like Jesus Christ. If that's you, you've never prayed this prayer. You're like, I don't know Jesus. I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know if I'm going to heaven. I don't know if God has a plan for my life. We want to pray for you right now. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and put it right back down. That's it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, one, two, three. Put your hand up all over this place. And right back down. Thank you so much. Put that right back down. Thank you right so much. Put your hand right back down. So many hands in this place today. He's the bread of life. The rest of us today, maybe you made this decision. Maybe you made it six months ago. Maybe you made it ten years ago. But you realize you're chasing stuff that only Jesus was meant to fill. You had the bread of life, but you've chased purpose. Nothing wrong with purpose, but it won't fill. You've chased position. It won't fill. Chase your giftings or your talents or what you can get. Maybe you're starting to get disappointed with people and communities. Maybe even this church you're disappointed with. But it's not meeting my needs. Somewhere along the line, you've stopped being filled with the bread of life. And you've settled for a sandwich of stuff. Today, I want to know God wants to rush in and meet you right where you are. Just come and believe. He'll fill you today. Can we all stand to our feet in this place today? If that's you today, say, Mike, I need Jesus again to fill me. We're going to sing this song. I believe a miracle is going to happen. If you prayed that first prayer today, say, Mike, I need Jesus for the first time in my life. We're going to pray together, all of us together. Most of us have prayed this prayer, but the worship team is going to pray it. I'm going to pray it. If you said, Mike, I raised my hand. I want to know Jesus. Come on, everybody together. Can we say it after me as a prayer? Lord Jesus Christ, I need you today. Forgive my past. Take away my shame. And would you come in and help me today? Take my heart. Take my future. Come into my life. I believe you're God. And I need you today. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, if you prayed that prayer, that same card you got when you walked in, it says, I made a commitment. Take that card to the welcome wall. We got a special gift for you. But today, if you're saying, Mike, I realize I'm in this, but I've been trying to satisfy a Jesus-sized hunger with something else. Let's sing this song. Say, Jesus, I come today. I believe and watch what God will do. Come on, let's sing this together.